It's wonderful to be here with you, to see you all. My name is Rob. Buntane is a fairly popular pronunciation of my last name, but incorrect slightly. Uh, it's Bunton like mountain, kind of like that A-I-N at the end of mountain, but fair enough. You're with the majority on that. Um, my wife, Jessica, and I uh, came up from Surrey, so the lower mainland, only slightly less hot than it is here right now. Um, and yeah, we're thankful to be here. We have been up here a few times. You may not recognize me. I'm getting older, starting to lose some hair and things like that. I think I only had two kids last time I came up here. Um, so it's been a while. Um, but yeah, we love your church. We love you guys. We love Wayne and Brittany. Um, and we're thankful that, that we have the opportunity to be up here uh, to serve them. I actually went to college with Wayne. He wasn't friends with me because I wasn't cool. Um, but then in seminary, he decided to be friends with me when we went to seminary together. So I've known Wayne for quite a few years now. Um, yeah, yeah, we appreciate them. Thankful that I get to be up here to serve your church and to serve the Lord as we come to his word together. Um, it's been a while since I preached to people face to face. So in the lower mainland, I've been preaching to a camera for quite a while. So if I do, do weird, awkward things, um, then forgive me. And uh, I had to wear pants this time, so that's a big change. I'm kidding. So this morning, I'd like us to turn to Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7. I made up some slides. Uh, they're going to do the best, their best at the back to keep up with my weird pace. Um, but yeah, Psalm 84 is what we're going to look at, just these few verses. And we're going to be looking at one of these common blessings that appears in Scripture that takes the shape of this way of godly wisdom that bears the best fruit, the fruit that lasts, that God, through His Word, is inviting us to live in this. So God instructs us in His wisdom and the way of living in that, and through the passages is inviting us to apply that to our lives. So that's what we're going to look at, just a few verses here, something really simple. Um, before we jump into that, let me just pray over this time, and then we'll read it together. Father God, uh, we have come together before your word as an act of worship, uh, that you are worthy of all glory and honor and praise and also our obedience as we come to your word and discern from your scriptures uh, your wisdom and truth. May you guide us in applying this to our lives joyfully. Your commands are a treasure to us and lead us in the pathways of life. And Lord, may you bless this time. Help me to speak clearly and carefully as I teach from your word. We thank you for Jesus. Uh, we love you because you loved us first so amazingly through him. We praise in his name. Amen. Uh, so, uh, let's read together here uh, these few verses. I'm using the ESV translation. That's what's going to be up there, but feel free to follow along on your phones or whatever you have. Uh, if, you're, if you have real Bibles, that, that works too. Uh, beginning in verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, 
in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Their early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, and each one appears before God in Zion. So blessed are those whose strength is in you. That's the fundamental character of the blessing that we are going to be considering, chewing on, processing. What does it look like for us to do this? What is God teaching us through this? And then what is the evidence of the fruitfulness of walking in his wisdom and his blessing? Um, And so uh, there are two stories. As we jump into this, there are two stories from the Gospels that I think of when I hear this blessing. Blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord. Uh, I think you're going to be familiar with both of them, but also I'm new here, so I don't know which ones you guys are familiar with and which you aren't. Um, But the first one is from Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. This is a parable Uh, that Jesus tells. And so he tells this story of a wealthy man whose fields have this like hugely rich harvest. More than he needs is what he harvests from his fields. And so he's like, what should I do with all this harvest? And so he thinks, well, I got with this excess, I need to build some barns. I need to build new barns because I have more wealth, essentially, than I know what to do with. And so he develops these plans of how he's going to use this huge harvest in order to, you know, set aside, set aside wealth that'll take care of him in the future. He can live off in comfort and ease for the rest of his days. But at the end of that parable, so if you're not familiar with this parable, you may not know what's coming because everything right there sounded super reasonable. Like he's like a huge harvest and he puts it all away. He makes these plans to build barns because I got to invest. I got to invest this harvest. At the end of that parable, God's response through Jesus is, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. And then the other story is found in Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. I'm positive you're going to know this one. Uh, The disciples are out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, and there's this big storm, and waves are coming, and they see this figure walking towards them from the shoreline. First, they think he's a ghost, and then they're like, oh, no, it's Jesus. Um, But like to confirm, so to confirm that this is indeed Jesus walking towards them, Peter kind of suggests this test. He's like, hey, Tell me to walk out towards you, and if, I, if that works, then I'll believe it's you. And so Peter starts walking out on the water towards Jesus, and as he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to look at the waves and the wind and all these things that are happening, as he does that, he begins to sink. He begins to sink into the water as he surely recognizes what we all know, You guys got a lake out there. We all know you try and walk on water, you're going to sink into it. And if you're out in the middle of this like storm, in the middle of a huge body of water, that's huge danger for your livelihood. And so he started to think, what am I doing? This is crazy. But Jesus catches him and hear what Jesus says at the end. He again chastises him. So on the other, in the other story, the, the sort of sensible investor is chastised. And here we see Peter chastised. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
Now, I bring up these two stories because at the intersection of these two stories is something that's kind of borderline hilarious. Uh, on one hand, you have this guy doing a totally normal and sensible thing, right? He has come into this big harvest, and he thinks, well, I better invest this. I better invest this for the future. I don't want to, like, it all spoil or go to waste. And so he thinks, I'm going to invest it for the future. And yet to him, God says, you fool. As in, why would you do that totally sensible thing that we probably all do? <laughs> like, we all save. We all save our excess wealth. Uh, but then on the other hand, you have Peter. So that's the first story. On the other hand, you have Peter who is undertaking this very scary and literally impossible thing, walking out onto these stormy waves. And when he gets tripped up by that, which again is very understandable, Jesus is like, why'd you doubt? At the some level, these two stories are about a guy who is walking in the lie of his own strength in a very ordinary situation. And another person walking in the truth of the strength of Jesus in an extraordinary one. That's what we see in these two stories is that one is a super ordinary situation where you're like, everything that's happening there, that's like totally normal. Uh, But the offense is that this guy is walking in fiction, in the foolishness that he can plan out his days and expect to get them apart from God giving him Every single one of those days. So one is to our eyes impossible, the other totally normal, but because at every moment it is the strength of God that upholds my life, that upholds your life, that sustains my breath to continue to speak words to us this morning. Therefore, because the strength of God upholds, sustains my every breath, our every moment, therefore, even the apparently impossible Jesus is saying that's sensible. In the strength of the Lord, the apparently impossible is sensible. Why did you doubt? That's what Jesus chastises Peter with. And without his strength, upholding my moment-by-moment breath, even the totally normal, I'm going to the bank to put away some savings, is foolishness. And so I bring up these two stories. I kind of like did a twist for us. We read in the Psalms and then I jumped to these stories. But I bring up these gospel stories because I think it frames the shape uh, that kind of, of the truth that stands behind the blessedness of these words that God has given to us in Psalm 84. Blessed is he whose strength is in the Lord. Just at face value, if you read those words, you recognize the psalmists are telling me it's better. Like, it is better to put your strength, your hope, in the Lord as you live your daily life. That's the face value meaning uh, to when we live in the guidance and dependence on God's strength, His words, His will, His wisdom, His purposes, we find a better path there. That's the face value meaning. But I didn't want us to miss the full character of this wisdom from God's word. It's not just that it's better. See, because whether we know it or not, whether we like think about it consciously, there's things that we consciously are thinking about on a daily basis, and there's also things that just kind of happen. And we don't, we don't think about that like my heart just works. I don't think about my heart until it stops working. I don't think about like any of my internal organs, basically. I don't think any of us do unless they stop working. And that's when we start thinking about them. Uh, in, in that same sense, whether we recognize it or not, when I walk through the paths of my own choosing, 
So in the rebellion of me being the king of my own life, or in the paths of God's commandments and calling, whether I walk in a time of wealth and comfort or whether I walk in a time of stormy seas and, say, a worldwide pandemic or something like that. Like, whether any of those things that are happening, the same thing remains true. Either way, I do all of it by His providence for the days that I get. By His providence for every breath and every good blessing, that the strength of God upholds my breath and my every blessing that I might come to know in this life, that is first of all a fact. Like apart from what is better or worse, that's just first of all a fact, deeper than even the laws of nature. That's what Jesus is saying to Peter as he's like walking out on the water. He's like, hey, why did you doubt? He's saying my power is deeper than the laws of nature that all kind of rule over you and your bodies and your flesh. My power is deeper than that. Every blessing is built upon his strength. And so from sort of the larger perspective of of the teachings of Scripture, the shape of this invitation in Psalm 84 isn't simply come live in the better way. It is that. It's saying come live in the better way of putting your strength on the Lord in, in your daily living. But even further, it's saying stop living in the foolish fiction that you have control here. Like that you're in charge of today or tomorrow because you're not. Blessed are we when we place our hope in he who has the strength to carry the day. And he has it. Uh, Let's continue looking at Psalm 84 here. What we see in this psalm is the psalmist kind of expands the picture for us of now what does that look like? What does it look like for us to sort of daily put our strength in the Lord? I'm going to read verse 4. Once again, I think that's what I got here. Yeah, look at that. Man, you're killing it back there. <laughs> Blessed are those... Oh, sorry. That's verse 4. Never mind. Verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. So I have uh, three children. Some of you may have seen them. We were here a little bit early, so they kind of disappeared back to wherever the kids go. Wherever the kids are at, that's where my kids are right now. Um, But I have three children, and those of you who also have kids, you will have recognized this same pattern in yours, I suspect. Uh, But when my kids feel nervous or afraid or shy in like a public place when there are other people around, so like, for instance, if they were here right now and feeling that... Uh, what they'll often do is they'll run over to Jessica or to myself and they'll kind of like cling to our legs. Maybe if they're the smaller ones, they'll kind of cling to our legs like this or they'll want to be held and they'll kind of like put their head on my shoulder like this and just kind of look behind me. Uh, In a way, it's kind of like their way of hiding, right? They just come close. Um, And so what's happening there is a result of a revelation. Like they're silly little kids that are crazy in a hundred ways, but they've had this revelation uh, that uh, they have come to know, know deeply, and that is that they know the security and the strength of their parents. Like, they, they don't know yet that their dad's like not all that strong and that like he's not invincible, but my eldest one, she's nine years old, she's starting to get it. Like she's starting <laughs> to recognize like my younger brother's a lot faster and stronger than me, and she's like, okay. Now she's starting to see my limits, but at their age, like they think, mom and dad, that's safety and security. 
And so when they feel insecure, their hearts know where to go. Like when they need something, they know where to go. When they're afraid, they know where to go. They run here. They run to their mom. And see, the context for this passage, Psalm 84, the first four verses of this chapter, they're all actually focusing on the blessing of dwelling in the house of God. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, is how the psalm begins, to be with him. That's what this psalm is about, safety and joy and peace and all these things that we long for that come through presence, our presence with him. And so in our passage here in Psalm 84, verse 5, when the psalmist is giving us this description of a person whose strength is in God, he does so using that picture. To be home with God, that's what Zion is a reference to, the the dwelling place of the Lord, the city of God. And what he says is this is what it looks like for our strength to be in the Lord is when our heart knows the way. In his heart are highways, well-worn paths that lead to the dwelling place of the Lord. So this is the primary attribute. It's not the only attribute, I think we'd say, of what it looks like for our strength to be in the Lord. But this is the primary attribute of the appearance of one whose strength is in God and who is living in that truth. He knows where to go when he's afraid. He knows where to go with his worries, with his insecurities, with his plans and questions when he needs strength, or even when he is offering thanksgiving for the strength received for each new day. And this isn't head knowledge. It's not like he knows the answer to a math test. But in his heart is a highway that leads to God when he acts out of the impulse of what he truly treasures. Like we know what that looks like, the impulse of what I truly treasure, just that sort of gut gut reaction, when he acts out of the impulse of what he truly treasures, what he truly trusts in, this is his mother tongue. He turns toward the Lord in those times of need. He moves towards him for strength that he needs like a child, like a child who knows. Knows when they're, when they're feeling insecure, they look for mom. They look for dad and run there. That is the picture of this right wisdom recognizing <laughs> We don't need to walk in the fiction of our control, but it's better to put our strength in the Lord. And this is what it looks like to live in that wisdom, is to turn towards him in our time of need and have that as like a practiced pattern, the impulse of my heart. And all of us, I know, have different personalities. Uh, Some of us maybe have an easier time asking for directions and some of us less so. And some of us are more like, accomplish it people and whenever there's a problem we kind of just build a ladder and get over it and some of us need help and, and are quicker to walk in the sort of recognition of our own humility but whatever our differences yes we are better together by our different person different personalities God it makes the church better but whatever our differences to the apparently strong or the apparently vulnerable and weak among us these words speak with equivalent wisdom and instruction Blessed are we if our first impulse, if our mother tongue in times of need is these well-worn paths that we travel toward him to know the way home. Um, And then verses 6 and 7 talk about 
the fruit? What is the evidence of the blessing? What does God bring to our lives as we walk in this way of wisdom and blessing? So I'm going to return to those verses, read them again just to remind us. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools, and they go from strength to strength. I'm going to stop there. Um, So in other words, what he's saying in those verses is that where they ought to find no life, they find it. And where they ought to, like, be wearing down and losing strength, it turns out they find more and more strength to persevere. The Valley of Baca, you can probably just... Like, if you were just read that text, you'd say, I don't really know what Baca means, but I think I get what he's saying just from the context. Basically, Baca refers to a, free, a tree uh, or a shrub that only grows in desert places. So Valley of Baca is saying like a, a desert valley, a place that, where there's not a lot of life, a desolate place. And what he's saying here is as we place our hope in the Lord, as we turn to Him for strength, we find oasis in times of desolation. And we experience early rain, is what he says. So, rain out of its assigned season, which in Vancouver, rain is something of a, an oppressive force for us. It's just like a constant drizzle that we don't enjoy. But I mean, experiencing the heat that we are right now, I think we kind of can understand what rain means in the text, uh, is that it means life. It, when, when it rained, what was it Wednesday? It like ra- rained a little bit here? Oh, I was, I was thanking the Lord for that. Um, but uh, we find life where we ought not to expect it, is what he's saying. When our strength is in the Lord, as circumstances communicate that I ought not to find hope, or happiness, or joy, or life here, but as we put our strength in Him, we find it. We find grace for the days of difficulty, which is a timely instruction for people who have been through the last year and a half that we have. Not all of us have borne the difficulties of the pandemic equally. Not all of us, all of us have borne equal sacrifices, and I recognize up here in the mountain bowl that is Kelowna has been different than the experiences down there in the lower mainland or in the valley where we live, but nonetheless, all of us have been marked by it. All of us have been marked by the difficulty and the sacrifice of this year. I just described, I haven't, I haven't preached to very many human beings in quite a while. Our, our church community and fellowship has been changed over the year, and we sacrificed things. We lost things. It was difficult. And as the pandemic has continued to rage on, as it wears on, people were getting worn down. People were getting angry. And people were getting depressed. As you just kind of, like, what is it called? Doom scrolling? Where you kind of scroll through the news, it, it can be a troublesome, uh, it can have troublesome impact in our lives. Uh, but if we are as we, this is what the passage is saying, If we or as we walk, even in days like these, days of real hurt and real difficulty and real vulnerability, where it's like the fiction of our control has been really exposed this year. Uh, But as we walk in these days, turning to God for the strength we need for each moment, that doesn't make hurt disappear, 
But COVID or no COVID, whoever's prime minister or president south of the border for us, uh, if, if God is our hope when I'm making plans to invest or when the seas are stormy, then we will discover, this is the promise of scripture, we will discover blessing and life even where we wouldn't expect to find it. We will discover a firm foundation deeper even than the laws of nature to continue to live out the mission of Jesus together as the church, to continue to share the community of faith, to continue to share the gospel of life as we put our strength in him. The times are harder now than they seemed 18 months ago. It's weird to look back. But in him we find oasis, even in desert. But then further, these final, these final words are kind of the, the, uh, the ultimate character of the blessing that comes through this as we put our strength in the Lord. It's at the end here of verse 7. Those whose strength is in him, each one appears before God in Zion. In other words, he brings us safely to our destination. For the one whose strength is in the Lord, laboring even in desert valleys, they will not fail, we will not fail, every one of us, is what the text says, to reach the good destination, the dwelling place of God. This reminds me of words from Jesus in John chapter 6, verses 39 and 40. Uh, So Jesus is speaking to a gathered crowd of followers, but then also to his disciples. And he said some pretty spicy things in this talk, like uh, you'll have to eat my flesh and drink my blood in order to see the kingdom, which if you heard that for the first time, you'd be thinking some iffy things. Uh, But uh, near the end of this, we see Jesus saying this. This is the ultimate blessedness of those whose strength is in the Lord, because we're prone to wander. Like, I know I am. I assume assume you are. We fail even when we're not wandering. We fail at the good things we aim at. But Jesus will lose nothing. These are the words of Jesus, verse 39 and 40. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Blessed are, the, is, blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord, finally, because he will not fail to complete his good work. He will not fail to complete the good work that he started in you. And whatever the beauty of Oasis in the now, it far pales in comparison to the days that are coming in the house of our Father in heaven. And so in this, in this promise, just this one alone, we can see even the way that he turns hard and difficult times like the ones we've been through this last year into a tree of life for those who have eyes to see it. Hurt still hurts. Many of us have lost loved ones over the last year for lots of reasons, not just poor buddy. (laughs) Many of us have lost loved ones for lots of reasons. Hurt still hurts. 
Things don't just disappear when we, experience this, the, when we experience the joy of the good promises and trust in them through faith. But as the largeness of our problems reveal the fiction of our strength, so reveal what is true, our vulnerability, we receive a good gift just in that. Just in the fiction of my faith, or sorry, the, the fiction of my strength being revealed, we receive a good gift as this year and a half has pushed us out of the boat like the Apostle Peter, right? He's kind of seeing the wind and the waves. He's out into the water knowing he doesn't have the strength there. If the fruit of this horrible year and a half has only been this, that you and I learn beyond a shadow of a doubt the necessity and blessing of resting all of our hopes in God who is strong and who is faithful, then great is the blessedness even of these troubled times. Because according to Jesus, so comes the kingdom of heaven to us. As we learn to trust in him, as we recognize the spiritual poverty of not only our hearts, but our strength, our ability to live each new, each new day. Great is the blessedness even of these troubled times, because according to scripture, so comes the kingdom of heaven to us. Not by my strength, not by yours, but through Jesus, he loses nothing. He will bring us to the dwelling place of our Father, completing his good work. The path in between now and that future day will have difficulty, will have hardness in it, but the end is good and sure as we daily are learning this lesson, the practice of turning towards the Lord with our hopes, with our needs, with our desires, with our longings, with our thanksgiving, trusting in Him, putting our strength in Him. Let me close up our time in prayer. Father God, we thank You for the encouragement of Your Word that certainly challenges us, certainly nudges us away from the natural patterns of our flesh, the natural ways that we do things, the natural things in which we trust, Lord. Uh, But in doing so, in creating friction in between my way and your way, God, you draw us to the narrow path that leads to life. And so we give you thanks. I pray for us, your people, that you would help us by your spirit to apply the wisdom of your word. to experience the the joy daily of trusting in you for our strength, the comfort of the hope of eternal life through Jesus, and that by this you might inspire your church to walk in obedience of sharing this good news with those around us. We thank you for Jesus. We praise in his precious name. Amen.